from Westside Church in Bend, Oregon. You're listening to Behind the Message. Each week we take you behind what we teach here at Westside. I'm Ben Fleming, and I'm joined by the incredible, fantastic Spencer Schauber, who preaches last week's message, and of course, our regular kind of guest host now, Casey Parnell. How's it you going? You can't guys? get rid of me. I can't. Ever. Well, I've been gone so much recently, and then yeah. Evan took off to Uganda for the last couple of weeks, and he's going to be back this next weekend. And now he's in Paris. A revolving door. Mm. This yeah. is part of my master plan, though, guys. I'm taking over, actually. Yeah, yeah. you are. I've actually photoshopped my face on both you and Evan. <laughs> face on the graphic. Yeah, one just it's, has bangs. One has that nice undercut nice. comb it's over. Two yeah. face. It's not weird. It that way, it's weird. better looking. Do you do you not have oh, hair yeah, right. like Evan does in the yep. uh, in the pictures? No, yeah, it's, it's good. actually you, you Evan will it. probably end up. Evan does this all the time. He photoshops like people's faces <laughs> on like lions and like what does he do around here? He just photoshops people's faces on. But it's a gift to the church. It's a gift it is, to the church. It's a gift to the body. Is of that a spiritual gift? I, I do so. miss Evan. There's something about that guy. He's just kind of different from everybody else and in the best way possible. Evan, we miss you miss come you back so much please but take please. your time eat a lot of croissants <laughs> for those of you who uh listen regularly to behind the message you might have noticed that we didn't have an episode this last week uh that's because the guy who actually preached the sermon mike alexander mike. one of our associate pastors took off to vacation almost immediately after he was preaching so when he gets back we're hoping to give you a double dip one of these weeks coming up but this week great we're continuing on in the psalms we just finished up week 13 with spencer Schauber t- teaching about community. And by the way, you did a great job, Spencer. A lot Thank of great you. feedback, all yeah. that kind of stuff. How was it uh, getting up on that kind of big West Side stage for your first time, right? You haven't preached from that stage before? No, no, no. I mean, uh, since moving here last year, it's our first time. And man, it was awesome. I mean, everybody was very uh, enthusiastic and it just uh, was a great experience. I really appreciate the opportunity. And, uh, you know, I got to say though, the transition from the eight to the nine o'clock Caught me off guard because it's like, oh man, that was a great service. Oh man, I'm on in like 15 minutes. <laughs> yeah. Until go. you mentioned that, I didn't even think about that. Yeah, you kind of go from one to the next. Yeah, it's a marathon, man. It's like oh, running. It's actually a, like a triathlon. You do one event and then you go to the next event and you go to the next event and you have a transition period. And then you have to, to swim. fuel up. Yeah, yeah. You did great though. How's uh, the transition from speaking to youth? Like versus adults, like how does that feel? How was did it cross over pretty well? Or yeah, I mean, other than my lingo slipping out, you know, saying baller and uh, you yeah, know, call, call well, you quoted Tupac. Spoiler alert: You quoted Tupac. Hey, I was kind subtle, of man. I, I changed it around, you know, so the people could pick up. And I was like, Tupac, Shack, Shacker. <laughs> Actually, the ten forty five totally knew oh, what you yeah. were talking about. They were in it. Ten forty five, man. To like answer your question about youth, I think you know, honestly, I, I feel like I'm just who I am. When I, whoever I speak to, it's great. Um, I feel like I just adjust the content um, because I bring that same fun and energy and seriousness and all that together in an interesting cocktail of you know attractiveness and. Yeah, authority. and words. Yes, and words. Is that yes. kind of what makes it work? And I'm looking at you specifically, Casey, because you kind of lead our teaching team meetings, mm-hmm. and you have a hand in the creative process for a lot of these things. We have a lot of different speakers at this church, people that can speak, mm-hmm. a lot of different styles, a lot of different backgrounds, personalities. What makes all of them be able to work from the same stage with the same audience? Well, I've told people uh, all along, and I heard this from one of my old youth pastors, but it's God's anointing is on the real you, not you trying to be somebody else or you trying to be Pastor Steve Mickle here or you trying to be T.D. Jakes or trying to be some other preacher or, you know, yeah, um, it's God's anointing is on you, who he created you to be and your gifting. And so I just encourage speakers to be themselves up there and obviously... 
the more you do it, the more comfortable you can be. But I, Spencer, I thought actually for your first time up there, like you're just really comfortable and you did a great job yeah. delivering uh, God's word and talking about community. I thought like people, at least the chatter I heard leaving service, people are like really inspired to build community and understand what that means mm. authentically inside of our culture. Um, and it was just really fresh. It was fun to listen to you, really fun to listen to you. So that was sure. the topic from this last week, community. And for, the, for those of you who don't know, which is all of you, uh, Spencer's notes at the very top say community players, and the S's are dollar signs at the top. <laughs> to inspire me every I time I think both Stern's notes to look exactly the same as oh, yours, yeah, actually. No, you probably got that from her. Inspired by Bill, actually. So in the spirit of community, let's just open it up to the really broad subject. It's what a lot of churches are looking for. A lot of people, even in, in the business world, are looking mm-hmm. for what makes community great i'll just open that up to you two guys yeah man i mean just to kind of springboard if you will off the message i think you know again me feeling like a genius being like oh the common unity of these people um (laughs) it is that idea of like there is something that holds us together in common and i think what makes communities great is they have that vision and that image of what they want at the forefront Um, you know, for, for me, like if I think about my neighborhood as my community, what do I want out of that? You know, what does that look like ideally to me and that mission and that goal to make it that way is always at the forefront, you know? And like I said, in the, in the message, it's like, man, if you, if you see a lack or you see a need somewhere, oftentimes we always just point the finger everywhere else. But instead of pointing the finger at ourselves and be like, no, I need to do that work. You know, I need to start shaping that. If you want to have a more giving community, you know, it's that realization of you have to do the work. Like God has equipped you with gift mixes, with talents, with um, initiative and drive and resources to bring about that change. You know, and that's, I think, what really makes the communities great is the people take the onus on themselves and the vision is in front of them, you know? Yeah, it's good. Yeah, I think... uh it is vulnerable trying to build community for sure. If you, you know, it's been a while since I've stepped into a new place or stepped in. I remember the fr- actually the day I drove into Westside Church is 14 years ago is how long I've been here, but uh, forever and all time. Uh, but I praise remember God. the first day, praise him. Mm-hmm. I remember the first day I drove up and how vulnerable that felt like, okay, I don't know where I'm supposed to go really or who I'm supposed, you know, I knew who I was supposed to report to. Uh, but like, you learn staff, you learn culture. And Spencer, I remember you just came on. Uh, how long have you been on staff? It's like a year and um, some change. Yeah. Um, but you had a lot of conversations and spent a lot of time in the mm-hmm. front hallway just learning people's story. And I thought that was really important. Um, and all this to say, I think vulnerability is a huge part of community. Yeah. And it takes people a while. Everyone has their own set of walls. Some people would say, I don't have walls. I have no bubble. I'm, t-, But I, they still do. There's, yeah. a, there's always something to break through. Um, it's way easier once you've spent time with people to know what they're like and for them to know you. And so um, I remember we just got done with the Global Leadership Summit here. And that guy um, from the show the reality show called the prophet on the prophet yeah yeah yeah. Mm-hmm. um yeah i can't remember his first name sorry listeners you'll know who he is um and maybe ben can look it up but um he was he invited a guy on stage and said share something you've never shared with anyone else and honestly i was a little bit like put off by him doing that i'm like oh gosh i'm so glad i'm not up there but he <laughs> shared something really important to him and he's like now we shared vulnerability and he's like that's what it takes to have a connection, shared vulnerability, you being vulnerable. Mm. And I think as leaders, our natural tendency after a while is to sort of shut ourselves off and insulate ourselves right. 
Um, I don't know about if you guys have ever felt this way, but to insulate oh, ourselves sure. from being vulnerable all so. the time, actually. <laughs> yeah. Um, when, uh, they're not all, not everyone needs to be a big pile of vulnerable mush as I like to say, but right. choosing moments of vulnerability, I think is really important because it causes people to connect with you. Yeah. Well, and it's like, um, Ben and I have had numerous conversations about being like cynical. And mm-hmm. I think, I think we confuse vulnerability a lot of time with this kind of cynical, pain almost you know where it's like i'm just being vulnerable yeah it's super negative and all that stuff i'm just being real and open you know and i hate everything (laughs) it's like my life sucks and everything's garbage and i have all these freedoms and blah 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 but it's like you can be vulnerable and still be hopeful and still be optimistic and i think you guys model that and i think Westside really models that really well because i don't i mean we're we're real and raw and i think that's something like even just that authenticity like we talked about um at our staff culture meeting way back when I think there's something about how our leaders here model vulnerability and authenticity yeah. in a way that's hopeful. No, that's true. And and we've been through a big walk uh, through that, of course, with with Bo Stern and Steve Mickle and, and every mm-hmm. all, kind of all the tragedy and the things that have happened in the in the life of Westside Church. By the way, it's Marcus Lemonis, the the prophet from CNBC. Marcus Lemonis. The P-R-O-F-I-T, not P-R-O-P-H-E-T. Um, <laughs> but yeah, you're absolutely right, which of course leads to the natural follow-up question, especially in churches, but again, even out in the business world as people are creating cultures among their employees and and among the, the people that come into their stop, shops and stores and businesses, is what are people actually looking for when they're talking about community? Because mm. I hear it a lot with um, people that are new to Westside or new to the church community that say, well, yeah, you know, I'm just looking for community. I'm looking to get plugged in. But that looks so different, it seems like, from person to person to person. Is there one thing that we're actually really looking for when it comes to community, when it when it's effective, I guess you could say? Yeah, I mean, I think you, the common answer, I feel like, would be like, oh, doing life together um, that always is hard for me because I'm like, what does that mean? Yeah. What does that mean? You and know, then, like, and then people are like, well, but not with them and not with them and not with them and not with them, but with yeah. them, <laughs> I right. would love to do some life or together. Yeah, but I mean, yeah, I mean, that's the thing is like people want community with certain people where it's like, like you said, it's like, Oh, it's, that's I, I, I gotta be, I gotta be best friends with the pastor or like I gotta invite pastor Corey over for dinner because he's, he's my, you know, connection in this, you know, when it's like, who are the people in your life? One that you're around all the time and whether that's people at your workplace um, and people in your church or people in your friend group. And I think when we talk about community, what I'm looking for whenever I say that is not only just like who are people I can do life together, but um, people that I can let into my life. And, and like, I mean, coming back to what Casey said about vulnerability, it's like, who can I be open and honest with? And it takes time. You know, I mean, yeah. like, um, you know, when I like probably Ben, you're probably the freshest person I met that I'm really, cl- I would say closer with, yeah. if not cl- close with now, but it's like, you know, that takes ben, time. How to close do you think Spencer is with you? By the um, way, how close mm. are we talking like distance wise, <laughs> few feet? Sorry. Uh, I totally inches. interrupted the thought. That's but what as far I as heart wise, what does it look like when we dance at a high school dance together? Yeah, are you guys are we close like hands or on hips? Are there like two Bibles between you? Or <laughs> two Bibles. It's like Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. <laughs> that was the measurement, wasn't that it? Was how many Bibles? You make sure you can fit. I am from such a different culture. Sorry, Spencer. <laughs> Spencer, you got to finish your thought. This is all go I think down about is all my high school dances. I'm like, uh, 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 say, what, what culture is that, Spencer? Continue on. Sinful. Um, <laughs> no, but all that to say is, um, I think I think it just comes down to you have a genuine connection with some somebody that, like, where the 
you know, where you can share experiences, you can share hobbies, you can share those things, but it is that, I mean, I can have fun with some rando playing football, you know, out of discovery park, or I can enjoy a meal with somebody, but, but it is that someone knows me, they know me enough to, I don't know, a great, a great quote by somebody said, you know, you know, you reached into somebody's life when they know where your dishes are at in your house. Right. You know, and I think that level of, you know, intimacy in the sense of like, I know you really well, they know me really well. I think that's what you're really looking for. Cause just doing stuff together or just that recreational stuff. Um, I think it goes a little beyond that. Um, but community feels almost a little surface level, you know, when you really talk about what people are actually looking for. Right. So yeah, the phrase, uh, to know and be known, you know, came yeah. to my mind when you like yeah. to not only just to know things about people, they like the Cubs, they, you know, they mm-hmm. drink. Yeah. I don't know if they, or they like the Mariners. I we're mean, pro, I know Ben likes the Mariners. That's a small crowd. They, Very they drink out of these Apparently. type of mugs, like whatever it is, like, you know, those some details about their life yeah. and they know you, but in church life, like I, I wanted to ask you guys this actually, do you, cause I feel like sometimes there's this thought that like everyone needs to be really good friends like mm. really, really good friends. Do you think there are like, it, are there, is there like kind of phases of friendship or there circles of friendship? Like, can you describe that dynamic? Cause I think, uh, sometimes there's an unhealthy expectation of what community looks yeah. like. Well, and that really comes on, well, I think about pastors specifically and Spencer, you referenced it really quickly. Like, oh yeah, I feel like I'm involved in the community when I'm really good friends with the pastor. I know where he lives and I'm at his house every other week. And of course, that's not true, and and that certainly isn't true in a place like Westside, where there's thousands of people that come here all the time, and I'm pretty sure not all of them are over at Pastor Steve's house. Yeah, I mean, I am, but he just doesn't know I'm he there, exists. so it's not weird. <laughs> oh, I'm hiding under your porch because I love you, man. Um, you smell good today, <laughs> But yeah, that that is an interesting thing, and, and I think sometimes people interpret that as, well, there's cliques in that church, or there's cliques in that group. There's really just people that that are really identify with each other and they, they do more naturally kind of, you know, quote unquote, do life together. Um, but I think where it can get sticky is when those things do become exclusive, when they do become, you know, something that's pushing people out instead of bringing people in. But the thing is, is I I think we have to have that. We have to be able to find those people that we can identify with, that we can Mm -hmm. gain that intimacy with. And it's not just going to be with absolutely everybody that runs through the door and that's okay. And if you feel left out within a community, um, I think, and this is just where I fall on it. Um, I think it's your responsibility to go and get yourself plugged in somewhere. Yeah. I think it's good to get the start, go to the connections pastor and go to the info desk and find a ministry or find a place you can serve, all those things. But eventually it's not the connections pastor's job right. and it's not the youth pastor's job. And I'm not just saying this because I'm like, yeah, I'm just sick of you people, blah, blah, blah. But really, I think it's that way for all of us. If you want a hug, go get a hug. If you want to get plugged in, you can go and get plugged in. And if yeah. it really is a situation where you just can't get in, then you're right. Maybe you should go find another church and this community isn't for you. Well, and I think, I mean, so often we get fixated on a certain group. It has to be, these people have to accept me. These people have to be my friends. And I remember we did this big youth group meeting and and, and we were talking about changes that we had coming up at my old church in Canby. And, and it was just fascinating because one of the students was like, I feel like, 
we're, there's so many clicks here and there's so many people and I try to be friends with them and I'm the most, I'm a very accepting person to everybody and da, 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 da. And they just went on and on. And you and hear on, on uh, probably the same night from another student that's like, man, I've just never felt more accepted right off the bat. Right. This is well, great. And, and that, and then what was so fascinating was another student just said, I'm trying to be friends with you and I'm, I can't get into your group. And, and it was like, and you're not <laughs> being friends with me. And you just have this like tension that comes where, you know, it's, it's, it's not so much clicky as much as people have their established friends. I mean, like there's history there. I mean, like if this group of people have been hanging out for 10 years and going on family vacations together, it's like, that's friendship. That's not a click. Right. Um, and I think where we really struggle with is, you can't get mad about connecting about forcing someone to connect with you. You know, like I don't go out and like if Casey doesn't text me back about a movie, you know, or something like that. And like happens that's all not, the time false. to me. Come on. Just kidding. <laughs> Depends on Dude, the movie. I've really actually been no, working on that. By the way, you've just, invited me to a lot of stuff that I've said no to. I, really, I invite Ben like every all day the time. Want to hold hands in the park? You know, I don't take know. a nice Season. walk in the old mill. I'm really, really down for that. The smoke mm-hmm. really brings out the sunset. Um, but oh, go ahead. does oh, that no. sound way off, Casey? No, because me and Spencer seem to kind of agree on that, and I understand that it's a two way street, and we shouldn't well, be saying, "Look, well, I've done a good job, and I've gotten my seven people." Now you go find your own friends. That's well, not what I'm saying. There's a big difference, though, between showing kindness and being open to that. And yeah, I think all of us should be open to spend time with people. Like if somebody's like, Hey Ben, can we get coffee? For sure. Yeah. Like of course, like, yeah. But if it's like, Hey, I want to, how come you didn't invite me to your wife's birthday party? You know, it's like, sure. Uh, you know, at that point it's, I, I think, yeah, it's, it's, it's a community of kindness. It's openness. But I think a pastor once said your community can be for anybody, but it's not going to be for everybody. Um, and I think that idea of, yeah, we would love to have everybody here and anyone is welcome, but this isn't going to be the community for everyone. And that's okay. Mm-hmm. You know, there's great communities out there. Does that sound right, Casey? Do you, do you, do we need to be rebuked a little bit? Cause I'm totally for that if necessary. I just, I don't know if I'm not, it's not a rebuke. It's just a couple thoughts. Um, people use the word tribe a lot and I like that word because it's like, find your tribe, find your common values and your common people. And, and there's health and there's safety in that. But if it's so ingrown, I thought mm-hmm. of this phrase, tribes with an open door or hospitable yeah. tribes, because hospitality is a, literally a gift, a spiritual gift in scripture. Totally. And so I think as Christians, we can't uh, separate ourselves from this idea of um, having um, open hands towards people. In fact, you think about the moments in scripture where people welcomed a stranger mm-hmm. into the mix. Um, road to Emmaus. Listen, like this passage is incredible, but they welcome a stranger. He talks with them. They invite him to dinner and he ends up being Jesus himself. Wow. Right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So there is something to hospitality, open hands, being inclusive and welcoming the stranger. Now, totally. me on the other side of uh, the, I, I feel like I'm, I'm always bringing people along. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's just part of my life being inclusive and, and, um, and you do a but, really good job at that. Well, I, and I just, it, I've just embraced it as part of who I am, but also have realized that there are points where it exhausts me or exhausts other people, um, and sort of ruins, uh, can ruin a community. So I think it's just being mindful of what you're doing and being spirit led, even in stewarding people and relationships. And cause some moments are, I would say some moments are for tribe. They're just, you need tribe to celebrate right. and to, 
to be vulnerable because if there's a stranger in there, are you going to really share the deepest thing of your heart? Maybe not. You right. might wait then. So there are moments for tribe and there are moments for hospitality and you've got to just learn to gauge it. And I don't think there's this hard line um, to, to any of it. No, you're, you're absolutely right. And I, I have the tendency to come off a little bit more hardcore when it comes to all that, just because a lot of my life is spent trying to figure out how I can be by myself. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, Which is we've not, noticed. Ben. Yeah, I know, right? My my office is always super dark and all that kind of stuff. And I'm I'm naturally introverted, and I guess that's the reason that I come at it from the other perspective, and why sometimes it's not always the greatest thing for me to gauge other people that way, is because I'm like, look, if I want it, I can go and get it. But right now, I want to be by myself. Okay, sure, sure. Um, if I want the community, I can go and get that. And and sometimes I have a tendency to project that on other people. It's certainly a two way street. Churches, communities, good ones have to be hospitable. You have to be welcoming. You have to be open hands. But I think you nailed it when you're talking about, but at the same time in every community, especially a large one, there's going to be those tribes where, you know, Casey, if you're hanging out and you just want to have a good time with a couple close friends, you're going to have two people over at your house or you're going to have three or whatever. And then there's other times where there's 20 people going to a movie. And, and those are kind of different situations because of course the biggest thing, one of the, one of the greatest expressions of community that I ever saw was when I worked at Dutch bros and our managers had a policy together. I don't know if this is a Dutch bros wide policy, but our managers had this policy that said, if, if you're doing anything, everybody gets invited. So we're going to the movies, we're going to dinner. They just had 30 people on a text message that they would shoot it all out to. And sometimes they would rent out the whole stinking restaurant. And sometimes, and it, and it really connected the night shift guy to all the managers, even on the other, other side of the city. And it makes a big difference. So that is a a huge part of it, a huge part of it. Yeah. And I, I mean, I think that, that an idea like that is rad to be able to just start community, you know what I mean? And like, you have to keep trying. I mean, that's something I said in your message is like, Hey, throw parties, like be consistent with that. And it's okay. If like people don't respond, it's not like, Hey, you, the one time you tried throwing something, you know, but it, it can get discouraging though. I mean, I think about my time at college, I went down to California and, and my first year it was like, I totally had that, that thing that so many people do where you see a group of people and they seem really like, Oh, we have a lot of common interests or these people are really connected. And you kind of find yourself in a, you know, in a lonely spot and in a tribe. And I kind of was around this group of people that might not have been where I saw myself, but it was who was around me nonetheless. Mm. And I think you have to be like, all right, like this is for this season of my life. These are the people who are around me. Um, and am I going to invest in them? Am I going to be there with them? And I think so many of us find ourselves in those positions where it's like, okay, man, maybe you're not in the season or maybe you're not in the friendship moment that you envision, but nonetheless, you still have people around you and they're worth investing in. Um, And I think, you know, even that story I told about that young guy, I mean, you know, as, as awkward and, and shameful as that was like, there became this like flip switch of like, now he's around a lot and now, okay, I can choose to ignore him and choose to try to keep pushing him away. Or I can try to invest in him and really like try to like see what's going on there and just finding more out about him. And, and I think that's kind of the, the bridge is saying who's around you. Mm -hmm. How do you invest in them? You know, do you celebrate with them? All that kind of stuff. Do you ever find it difficult to put the two concepts together and, 
we talked earlier this year about the emotionally healthy life and, and talking about what that looks like and, and spending time in healthy solitude at times. And then, of course, talking about the value of community. And to put these two things together sometimes can be difficult for me, especially, you know, I'm married, I got kids, and, you know, all of us have something going on in our life that kind of drives the busyness and drives the narrative of our existence. But on one hand, sometimes I feel like we go up to the platform and we're like, man, community is so important. We need to get together. We need to live life together. We need to exist together. We need to pray together and encourage together. And then at the same time, sometimes, you know, we're coming up on the, the platform. We're going, look, we got to be alone. We got to be restful. <laughs> you got to stop pushing so hard and you need to pull back. You need to just spend some time with Jesus. Um, I know maybe it's just the preacher in me that feels that way, like I'm talking out both sides of our mouth, but how do we put those two things together in a really healthy way? And this is the paradox. There you go. Um, yeah, it's a rhythm. You know, you got to, gosh, if you're at a concert and it's, you're just, it's so loud and there, I mean, you want moments where the concert lifts, but you also want moments where the concert kind of drops again and there's dynamic to it. And I think the, uh, the mountains and the valleys, the, the busies and the, the solitude, like there is, uh, such strength in that rhythm, that balance. Um, and so I think, yeah, we just learned how to build community, but we learned how to get away. Jesus life is full of that. We've talked about this on this podcast before, but he's always, it says as, um, it was his habit as his, the, I think the Greek word there is ethos. It, it's his, his way of being, it's a way of life. Um, and so he got away, he snuck away, but then he's in the crowds and there's moments where he's trying to get away and the crowds are pressing and yeah. he, and he heals people. Right. Mm -hmm. So he just can't even get away or he just vanishes. You yeah. Know? Or he just disappears through the crowd. Uh, cause it wasn't his time. Right. So, uh, not, maybe you can do that too as a leader. I don't know. <laughs> I do. This is not my it. time. I'm pretty good. I shall it. disappear now. <laughs> hey, yeah, I'm out. It's an introverted yeah. gift. Yeah. When I just springboarding off of that a bit, I think, I mean, I think you just, you know, taking the Myers-Briggs thing that we just did or whatever. Um, uh, I'm an ENFP. Um, but I literally like maxed out on extroversion, you know, as far as like being around people, I'm in a very extroverted job. I love talking to people. I mean, if I go to a precious bird show and I'm in the crowd, I'll like know half of them by the time the show's totally. over, you know? And like, but when I go home, I'm tired yeah. and my recharging to like rest is not to be around people. And I'm like, freakishly extroverted, but I find myself needing that time to rest or yeah. that time to just recharge in that way. Because again, like everybody needs a moment to just oh, chill for a second, whether it's just like, you know, I'm, I want to go home and I want to play some video games, throw in some overwatch or, you know, read mindless blazer trade rumors, you know? Yeah. Um, you know, I just need something to recharge. And honestly, like best way to do that is just spending time with the Lord. And that's not, honestly saying, cause that's what you should say as pastors. Sure. But literally because I feel the most refreshed after doing that. Yeah. It's a great point. I mean, that's, I think the point mm -hmm. that everyone needs solitude. And I think introvert extrovert, this podcast has not been meant to like pick on either personality type, For but sure. I think that's a layer underneath this other thing, oh, which yeah. is humanity. Yeah. And every human needs white space, quiet, well, right? You, like that. Yeah. And we even jumping off of that. I mean, I think it's, it's such a unfortunate, criticism that comes up or, or just misconception that introverts don't want friends or don't want to be around people totally or um, don't need it introverts need sometimes it, yeah. will use that as a crutch well i'm just introverted so i'm well, just gonna yeah. stay by myself all the time that's not the point of understanding that you're an introvert yeah it's just that you literally process internally 
Right. You know, and you, you are more of an internal person. And so like, that was one of the things I think I even brought up is just like, you know, introvert introversion cannot be an excuse, you know, extroversion cannot be an excuse. Exactly. And all that to say is you have to have moments where you find yourself in community because you know, it's that we're not meant to be islands and oceans of people, Mm -hmm. you know? And, and I think solitude, while it can be the most refreshing thing, it it can also be a very limiting, um, silent killer, you know, when you're isolated and you're all alone, you know, in your life and no one to talk to, it's just, or even process life with man, that's a lonely place. So uh, uh, let's finish up with kind of a couple practical notes here. I want uh, a couple ideas from the both of you for these two different groups of people. Um, You guys are both community builders, community leaders. You guys are in charge of of volunteers and creating content and uh, creating community and culture among the church. Uh, so first of all, let's say we're talking to the pastor that's somewhere else, or we're talking to the ministry leader, or we're talking to the business leader, uh, wherever they're at. What are a couple practical ways, or you can throw out spiritual ways too if you want, um, but what are like one or two practical ways to help that person, that pastor, that business leader start to build a better community within their, within their place? Food. Taco, about to be taco like meals, meals, uh, taco, together. taco, Tuesday. taco truck together. Uh, I think people, uh, compart leaders, especially compartmentalize, uh, community building or meetings into, uh, like hours of like their work hours or something. But I think sometimes mm. thinking about what am I already doing? I'm already going to the grocery store. Yeah. I'm already going to a baseball game and bringing somebody along with you to do that thing that you're already doing and then put parameters on it say, Hey, I got an hour to go to the grocery store. Want to go with me? I'll pick you up. And then you take them and you just do all the goofy things that you do on the way there and back. And then you drop them off and it's done. And just inviting people into the thing you're already doing rather than feeling like it's already scheduled. Yeah. And I think honestly, there's so many really just facets of life that you never even think about. Like, man, like even just hosting a golf event or something, just being, Hey, we're all going to go golfing together, you know, or if it's, even like my pastor always took me whenever he was doing any as a youth pastor, um, he would always take me to anything he was doing for the youth ministry. Like I'm going to go buy lights for our dance party or something like that. I was like, Hey, you want to come? And then like, I felt like I was an insider, you know, I felt like, and he would share with me like thoughts he had for the ministry. And Mm -hmm. I felt like, Hey man, nobody knows about this yet, but this is coming down the pipe. And I always felt like, Oh man, (laughs) I'm in on it. (laughs) I know. Um, and I, and I think it is, it's letting people into your heart and your vision for what you're doing. If it's a workplace, it's like, man, I'm thinking about this as a business. What do you think? Um, uh, there's something about inviting people into your thought process, inviting people into your life like that and asking their opinion, you mm-hmm. know, like, I mean, if I was like, Ben, Hey, I want to start a three on three basketball tournament for, you know, bend. Right. What do you think about that? You know, it's like, Oh, well. Um, and so I think that's just when like meals are a huge thing, you know, like even if it's after church, just say, Hey, we're all going here. Yeah. Or, um, yeah, it's just a lot. Sure. And for me, if you're somebody that maybe you don't feel like you're a great conversationalist or maybe you, you know, you don't feel like you can do that for a really long time. Um, that's all right. First of all, practice, try to get better at it when put yourself in situations where you have to be a conversationalist, but also don't be afraid to maybe do a few things that don't require a ton of conversation. 
Business totally. lunches are great. Fishing. The check comes and then it's over and you have an excuse to kind of go back to work. Um, even going to the movies, people feel included because you invited them. Guess mm-hmm. what? You don't talk for two hours during a movie. Anything awesome. like that just to get you started, to start to building some community in really practical yeah. ways. Um, and then a couple more practical ways, uh, a couple more practical things. Uh, for let's say someone that is is joining a church community, maybe they're new to Westside or they're new to whatever church area or whatever they're coming into. Maybe they're even new to knowing Jesus. What are a couple practical ways that they can really get involved and start, you know, quote unquote, doing life with their community? Yeah. I mean, jumping right into that, um, I didn't grow up knowing Jesus. So like I had that experience of literally like, (laughs) this is a totally new community to me. Mm -hmm. Never been to church before. You have an interesting perspective. Both of us, I feel like have, have spent forever in church, you know, on the worship team in fifth grade and all that kind of stuff. Honestly, it's, it's especially getting into a new community church community. It's saying, yes, it's getting involved serving. I mean, like one of the first things I started doing was stacking chairs and it's like the most mundane, you know, plain thing on the planet, but that's how I got to know people. You Mm -hmm. know, I started saying yes to everything. I started saying, Hey, let's, how do I get involved? How do I start doing that? Because that immediately gets you plugged into an already established community. Um, and even just across the board, like, I mean, whether it's serving in youth or with children or however that looks, it's just, and, and it's being consistent. Yeah. Um, the other thing, cause I mean like, you know, what typically happens is like, I had a conversation with a young adult that was involved in our ministry and he was like, man, I just, I feel like it's so hard to establish community. And I was real honest with him. I'm like, I've seen you twice in the last 60 days. Right. And I was like, and you can't establish community unless you're consistent. You just, I mean, you just can't. For sure. Yeah. Consistency and servanthood, you know, people respond. I mean, even just as simple as uh, just saying, hey, I noticed there's a staff meeting on, or whatever, a service team meeting or a life group meeting on this day. Can I just bring them food and go and serve them and drop off some food and they'll be so thankful that you did. And, it's like whatever, maybe you don't have money for that. And it's like whatever you have in your hand. Like if you have like an apartment with uh, like an old Nintendo Wii or something and you yeah. just invite people over, like what do you have that you can use? If you know how to cook, use it. If you know, I don't know how to play music. If you know, like if you build uh, like dressers or something, yeah, maybe you can right. meet a need. Serving people is the best way, man. When people feel loved and valued, no matter at what, at what stage of leadership or I don't know, influence they have. Um, finding a way to serve and connect in that way um, warms the heart. And then, yeah, asking great, having a pocket question. We talked about this in uh, Emotionally Healthy. Yeah, that's right. That's right, well. yeah. Just knowing names and learning names and just focusing on the things that, if they're important to you, they're probably important to other people. So focusing yeah. on details, knowing people's kids' names, mm-hmm. other yeah, other people's kids' names. What was that message called? Cool. Self-awareness? Uh, social awareness. Social awareness, yeah, that's right. In the Emotionally Healthy Life Who series. Yeah, yeah, go check I that out. Oh, you Casey yeah. preached that a, a few months back, and this is a big part of community, I think, to go back and, and check on some of those points that you made. Yeah, it's really just good. very practical stuff about learning names and asking questions, and I mean, gives you some, if you're, especially if you feel socially kind of awkward, which yeah. it happens to everybody, so don't beat yourself up. But um, if you feel feeling socially awkward, this will give you some tools. Right. So. My big thing is look for work to be done. If you're yeah. looking to really get involved, um, you know, a lot of us think about some of the skill positions of the church, which there aren't that many. You know, worship, you got to have some ability um, in order to get up on the stage. I mean, you'd and that's be right. surprised. <laughs> I mean. 
Um, but really, I think about it. Uh, I love I love the CrossFit community, and I know a lot of people are going to turn off the podcast after I just said that. Um, but the biggest reason is this: is because if a CrossFit community is going well, you get it's like putting community in a microwave because you show up and you do exactly what everybody else is doing. You're pushing together. You're trying to finish the workout as fast as you can or whatever. It doesn't matter how skilled you are or anything like that, but there's something about doing what everybody else is doing all at once um, and all the different skill levels and all that stuff and finishing in the high fives and the whatever. It's like putting community in a microwave. It happens so fast because you're doing work together. And there are so many opportunities like that in the church, whether it's youth ministry, young adult ministry, worship ministry, um, just setting out coffee, anything Mm -hmm. like that. Jump on the production team and start changing some words and all that kind of stuff. You'll find the five people around you that you are working directly with. And seriously, I've, I've seen very rarely that you haven't just kind of become really good friends with those people that you are doing the work with. Mm-hmm. So totally. that's the biggest one for me. Thank you guys so much for hanging out and joining me. That was a little bit Love longer it. this time. Like I said, hopefully this next week we're going to give you a double dose of behind the messages. We kind of catch up on some of the messages that we've done before. Hope you continue to join us. Whether you're listening online, whatever the case may be, check out the messages at westsidechurch.org, podcastbehindthemessage.org. <laughs>